I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection Podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode 150 of the Love Life Connection podcast, the big 150. Seems like a big deal, and we'll do something special and fun around episode 200, but thank you so much for listening to all of these episodes and for sticking with me until this point, whether you've been with me since episode one or this is your first episode. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm so glad you're tuning in, and I'm really excited to have Veronica back on the show. I think you're going to love her. And well, actually, I guess I know you'll love her because she was on the show earlier this year. And it was a really popular episode. And yeah, I'll talk about her more in a second. Um, But before we get there, just a reminder to please leave a quick rating or a review for the show because it really helps to grow and to make sure I can continue it by getting it into as many earbuds as possible of amazing women just like you. So you can leave a review wherever you listen, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify Actually, are we on Spotify? We're on Google Play. Um, But iTunes is definitely what helps the most. So especially for my iTunes users, please just go to the main page of this podcast and scroll down and you'll see some stars, click the stars and then leave a review if you've got a few extra seconds. And I've changed the links now to where if you go to the um, if you go to the show notes section and you just tap if you like to leave if you want to leave a review, just tap the link and that link will actually take you to the page you need to be on in iTunes in order to leave a review. So thank you, thank you for doing that in advance. 
And so it is the end of December right now. We are days away from moving to the San Francisco area. And I'm just feeling all the feels and I'm really excited. And I also just want to take another moment to thank you all for those of you who live in the Bay Area. I've gotten so many warm messages of, oh, let's go get coffee. Let's go for a walk on the beach. And that just means the world to me. And I also plan to do some in-person events, whether it's like full or new moon circles or um, half day retreats retreats or full day retreats in the Mill Valley, uh, North Bay area. So if you are in the Bay area and that sounds interesting to you, then let me know. Either send me a message on Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant or send me a note on my contact page. You go to veronicagrant.com forward slash contact. You can also send me an email. I'm hello at veronicagrant.com. There are a million ways to contact me. And if you really want to, you can definitely figure it out. You can search me on Facebook all the things. And let me know if you're in the Bay Area or I don't know, within maybe like an hour, like if you're in Sacramento or something like that, and you're interested in either like evening events or um, yeah, day retreats, half day retreats. I really love working with women virtually because it allows me to work with so many women that I would never get to work with otherwise. But there is just something special about in-person retreats and really being able to um, work with you in that way because there's so many things we can do somatically, which is like movement of the body and breath work that you just really can't get when you're working virtually. Um, so yeah, so let me know if you're in the Bay Area. And um Yeah. And it's just a really exciting time. Like it's just I'm still processing as you can tell because I'm kind of rambly. And if you guys read my email a couple weeks ago, then you know that this trip was totally unplanned. And in fact, our move to Denver was incredibly planned. It was very intentional. And then um, my husband unexpectedly got a job in San Francisco. He actually originally thought he bombed the interview. And I was like, well, that's good. I don't move to San Francisco anyways. And then here we are moving to San Francisco because he actually got the job. Uh, So there's just a lot of packing and moving and packing and, you know, throwing away stuff. And the place we're moving into is much bigger than the place we have now. And so we actually need to like buy some stuff. And we just kind of want to upgrade our living experience. So we want to have better guest sheets, better guest towels, better towels of our own, you know, new sheets for us. And, you know, just feel feeling more like adults. So we're really just looking forward to this move. And even though we're really sad, both sad, I'm sad, I'm probably more sad than Stevie to be leaving the Rockies and to be leaving Colorado. I'm really excited for what's in store and very grateful that the North Bay is just so freaking beautiful. Uh, So again, if you live there, let me know. And one other big update for next year, this is business wise, is I am shifting a lot of things in my business. And I will, until further notice, will no longer be taking one-on-one clients in the way that I traditionally have really since the beginning of my business. And it's honestly the part of my business that has built my business. But I want to move on to different ways to support women and different ways uh, that um, yeah, I just want to move on to different ways to support women. So I'm going to be focusing a lot of my time and energy on the Love Action Tribe. So if you're in there, hello, you'll see a lot more of me. And if you're not in there, then I hope you join us soon. I only open enrollment a few times a year. So next time you open enrollment, I hope you join us. And I'll be talking a little bit more about how you can work up close and personal with me, but it will no longer be in the traditional way that I've worked with clients, which is one on one for a period of about four or five months or so. And that's not going to exist. Of 
course, if you are one of my one-on-one clients right now, then obviously we're going to continue our package and our work together. Um, I'm not going to drop you like a tot or or anything, but I just wanted to share that with you and to just keep an eye out uh, for your email or an email from me over the next few weeks. And I'll be sharing a little bit more about um, what it's going to look like moving forward. And if you do want to work more close and personal with me to really help you get around some of these blocks and heal some core wounds, then um, make sure you check your emails and follow me on Instagram because I'll be sharing more about that in the near future. Um, and so let's go on to today's episode. I'm really excited. I have my friend Veronica Peretti. Veronica and I met through a, well, we had the same life coach, um, three years ago at this point, I guess almost four, because we met in 2015. And we have kept in touch ever since we met in person for the first time this summer, just for a quick lunch, my husband and I were driving from New Jersey up to Boston. And so I met Veronica in the flesh. And it was really fun. It's just so exciting and awesome to have all of these virtual friends that I've met through my business and in really other ways online. And then, um, you know, like they're real life friends, even though we don't live in the same place or anywhere close to each other and we're only getting further apart as I moved to California. Um, but the on- online space is a great tool to meet people that you normally never would have. And I'm so blessed to call Veronica my friend and have her in my life because she's a great friend. She's a great business buddy. And she's also a great astrologist. So, you know, perks of having an astrologist friend um, run high. So I'm just totally kidding, Veronica. Um, so Veronica is back on the show today. And she's going to talk a little bit more about your astrological chart, your sun sign, your rising sign, your moon sign, all those kinds of things, because um, I'm still like new-ish. I mean, I, I, I don't know, maybe I'd call myself a beginner intermediate when it comes to astrology. But when I first started learning about astrology, I had no clue what rising sign or moon sign or what's your chart meant or any of that kind of stuff. And and that's part of the reason why I never really cared about astrology, because I would like sometimes, you know, read the horoscopes for fun. But I was like, ah, whatever. And part of that is because your sun sign, which is the sign you are if you were to like read, you know, in the newspaper when your birthday is and that stuff, you know, was sometimes like, oh, okay, that kind of resonates. And sometimes like, eh, not so much. But the truth is, is that there's a lot more to astrology than just that. And the more I've been learning about that this whole year, the more it's really really opened my eyes to just a really powerful tool, not to tell the future, because I don't think that's what astrology does. And that's a little bit more old school, whereas like the new age, new school of astrology just uses it as a tool to help you, um, you know, when things are coming up and understand why and how to resolve and to to heal that. So Veronica is going to talk about that a little bit more. And she's also going to be giving us an astrological forecast for the beginning part of 2019, mostly focused on Venus, because Venus focuses or rules two areas of your life that I think probably most of you care a lot about, which is your love life and also money. So we're going to be talking about Venus transits, we're going to be talking about Jupiter a little bit, we're going to be talking about Mars, and and all of this is going to help you to see how the year might play out. Obviously, it's going to be different based on your chart. And we'll talk about that a little bit when we get to the episode. Um, but it's a really fun one. So I hope you enjoy it. And whether you are an astrological newbie, I try to make sure Veronica breaks down everything so that you really understand what she's talking about. And if you're a season into astrology and you love it, then this will just be really great. So you kind of know what to expect as the year unfolds. All right, my dear. So happy new year. This is the last uh, episode before 2019. And you'll hear me in the 
interview, obviously, with Veronica, but that's already been recorded. So happy New Year. It's the last time you'll hear from me on the podcast. And we'll be back in 2019 with a brand new episode. And um, yeah, I'll be sharing more about what next year will look like very, very soon. All right, let's get to my episode with Veronica. Hi, Veronica. Welcome back to the show. I'm really excited that you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's so fun, like having an episode where it's like Veronica Squared. <laughs> it's <laughs> it so is. Real. It's really fun. Um, awesome. Well, I'm super excited um, that you're back and you were on the podcast. Uh, what was that? Back in August or September, I think. Um, you know, just giving an astrological love forecast um, for my listeners. And a lot of people really loved you. So I wanted to have you back on the show. But in case people didn't listen to that episode, or they're newer to me, can you share a little bit about yourself and the work that you do in the world? Sure. So I am an astrologer, as well as a yoga teacher, um, and a myriad of other things. But um, mostly what I do is I um, share astrology with people and help them find their their path or really discover the roadmap to their life from the astrology. And the astrology is really like a map that is given to us based on the first moment we take a breath in this world. So it's sort of like a a roadmap you didn't know existed for your life path and your growth and the lessons that you're meant to learn in this incarnation, in this, in this, in this trip, I guess, on this planet, this go round. So that's what I really do. And I, um, I share that through uh, readings and on Instagram and on Facebook and all sorts of places. So um, that's what that's what I'm up to. And I'm in New York City. So it's a really exciting place to do astrology because we actually can't see the sky that well. So it's really awesome to spend this time every day with the planetary energies. And I feel like, in a way, it's my connection to nature. Hmm. That's an interesting point. I like that. I like that a lot. So, um, so I guess I want to back up a little bit. We're going to talk about what the stars have for us in love and that ties to money for the beginning part of 2019. But before we get there, you know, I have a wide range of listeners. Some people, like I say, oh, what's your rising and moon? And like, this is what it is. Um, Where's your Venus? And like, and, um, but a lot of people don't know that. And they know what is called their sun sign. They may not know it's their sun sign, but it's basically if you're to pick up the newspaper and say, oh, my birthday is this date. I'm a Capricorn. I'm a Sagittarius or whatever, that's our sun sign. So can you talk a little bit about um, your what your rising sign and your moon signs are, but also just like what a chart is? Because sometimes I, I know for a lot of people, they don't even know what a chart is. And, and it's actually a lot more intricate and not complicated, but maybe thorough is the right word than just like knowing what your sun sign is and what the horoscopes are saying. Can you share about that? Mm-hmm, sure. So your chart has um, all sorts of different planetary energies and we all, they all come together to create you, to create your personality, to create your life path. Um, I think of astrology as a tool for growth. I don't necessarily think of it as something that is faded. That's kind of like an old world view of astrology. Um, but it does have a huge bearing or rather it's really, uh, symbolic language for deciphering our personality and some of the events of our life. Um, 
And I love when skeptics get a chart reading because it's always so interesting to see someone who really doesn't quote unquote believe, which you don't have to believe in anything, um, to see those those parallels between what the planets are doing and the events in their life, whether it's, you know, getting married or having a baby or graduating college, like it's in the chart, you know, we'll always be able to see it. Um, so that's really what it is. It's really a symbolic language for the roadmap for your life. And it's based on that first breath that you take, um, which is why it's so important to know the time of birth, uh, which not everyone has, in which case we can do what we call a rectification, which I recently did. And it's a little bit um, tedious. But that's a whole other conversation. So if you do have listeners who don't have their time of birth, don't fret. There is something to do. Um, but Does that mean like you like birth- kind of get to know them and then you kind of try to figure out like what their rising sign is and stuff like that? So with the rectification, what you do is you basically collect all of their, the dates of their major life events. Oh, I see. And you try to, uh, you try to do it and there's no way of knowing that you're completely right, right. but you know, usually you can get fairly close to a time of birth, um, narrow it down to a, to a, a, a couple of hours in the day where there was this particular rising sign. Um, so that leads us to your question, which is what is a rising? What is a moon sign? So when I do a chart for someone, usually, I mean, people are generally, I record them because people generally want to review them because it's a lot of information to take in, right? Mm-hmm. But um, one of the things that you probably will walk away knowing is your rising and your moon. Um, so you know your sun or your star sign because it's it's based on the month, the day you were born. Um, and your rising sign is the sign that was on the horizon um, when you were born. So that dictates how your chart lays out. And that's really where the time of birth becomes incredibly important because that dictates how your chart appears. That dictates what houses the planets land in. So, um, uh, the astrologers that your, your people might know, the Astro twins, they, they have a really great metaphor for this, which is that the planets are, um, what is it? The planets are the actors. The sign is the part that they're playing and the house is the scene or the place where it plays out. Right. So the houses are really important to know where these planetary energies are showing up in your life. Are they showing up in your, um, place of home? Are they showing up in your one-on-one relationships? Are they showing up in your spiritual practice? Are they showing up in your, um, in your work? So the houses are really important to get an idea of where the planetary energies are playing out. Um, the rising sets the stage for that. Now, how does the rising manifest in your personality? Some astrologers say that it's the face that you show to the world. It's the mask that you wear. I like to say it's the colored glasses that you're wearing. So it's how you are um, seeing the world. Um, that's, that's what, that's what I think, because for me, it's really the rising sign dictates so much how, um, I step into the world, how I approach things. And also how you approach things is how things are going to come back to you. Right. So whatever we put out, we get back. And so to me, that's kind of the rising sign. Um, so it's not like, I I thought I, 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 and I'm just curious. I'm, I'm sure there's different opinions, but I don't know who I was listening to. 
Um, but I, I had heard the rising sign is like who you, cause it's also known as the ascendant sign. So it's like who you're yes. ascending who, to become. Who you're rising up to become. Yes. I've also heard that. I've also heard that, you know, I have thought on that a lot cause I've heard that as well. And I do love that. I love that because I love the, the theory of that. I just don't know if it's proved to be true in my particular work. But, um, cause I feel that we are constantly evolving into our sun sign. So getting back to your initial question, how I was taught and what I see to be true in my readings, my clients is that we're born our moon sign. Our moon represents our mother. It's, 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 we're born into it. It's our habits. It's our day-to-day life. It's how we show it's, it's really how we wake up and how we feel when we wake up because the moon rules our emotions. And you can think of that as the moon rules, the tides, the tides, the water represents emotions, um, water in the chart represents emotions and feelings. Um, so the moon is really like your day-to-day life and you're born into that. And so almost pretty much everyone I've ever read, they feel so connected to their moon sign. That's why I, it's, it's personally my favorite thing to know about a person is their moon sign. I think you learn so much about their little idiosyncrasies by knowing. That's so interesting. I feel less, I feel the least connected to my moon sign, but I don't really know that much about Leo. So maybe. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would definitely study it. I think yeah. the moon sign to me is so potent. And hmm. I think because here's the thing, your sun is based on 30 days of the year, right? So anyone, you know, who's there's, I'm an Aries. I have lots of Aries friends and we have similarities, but we're not exactly the same. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But when someone has an Aries moon, I can see it from a mile away. Hmm. Like it's so clear. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think that, you know, the moon, it's like, that's the most, in my experience, the most potent experience of that sign. Um, the sun sign. So my astrology teacher taught me that you're born your moon and you're ever evolving into your sun sign. Um, and the rising sign is the mask or the face that you show to the world. I do. Um, I've heard that before though. Like the rising, the ascension is, is what you're ascending to. Um, I mean, I, I love that idea. I just haven't, I, I don't know. I just, I haven't, it hasn't been proven to me, yeah. <laughs> but, but I'll, I'll stay, I'll stay on the lookout for it. I, I do think that for me, the most, the, the most truthful way of understanding the rising sign is the glasses that I'm wearing. Um, because some people will, let's say, have all this earth in their chart, Right. And then they'll have a Gemini rising and they're like, I always feel like, I I just always feel like there's like so many things going on and I'm always multitasking and my mind is going crazy. And I'm like, you have all this earth. How is that possible? And that'll be their rising. That'll be how they're showing up. That's what they're seeing. So that's my experience. But again, every astrologer is going to have their own interpretation based on their own experiences, based on their clients, based on their experience of the, of the planetary energies. So fascinating. So um, you can go anywhere to, you know, online, just Google, you know, to pull your chart. 
I mean, if you don't know how to read it, it might just look like gibberish, which is why you would want to work with Veronica. Um, but just for you know anyone listening, you can go and pull your chart. And what you'll see is you'll see where your sun is. You'll see where your moon is. Um, usually it'll tell you where you're rising, although sometimes you have to know what you're looking at to see where you're ascendant, just depending on like, in my experience, at least which website you're pulling your chart from. But then there's all these little planets. So we're going to talk about Venus in a second, because that's like the big one when it comes to love and money. But um, so the planets are like, you know, in this little circle on these little, it looks like a pie chart, basically. And they're just, you know, I'm trying to like give a visual for people listening to this on audio, because like I said, it'd be everybody. Um, and so even like, you know, your your sun, moon and rising are like the three main I don't know. I don't know if they would call it the most important, but there's also a lot of other things at play. Cause like you might have your Jupiter and I don't know, Aries or something, and that's going to also play a role. So it's quite intricate, right? It is quite intricate. I would say those three definitely make up the, you know, the most potent parts of your personality. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, all of the planets have a, have a part and, you know, where someone has a, their Mars, it's going to be where they have drive and ambition and um, where they uh, are motivated. Um, I, I have a dear friend who's one of the most, like, I've never known someone who can stay on an eating regimen, a health regimen, a gym regimen better <laughs> than her. And she's never fallen off it in the 13 years we've been friends. And she has a Mars in the sixth house, which is the house of health. And when I saw that, when I did her chart, I was like, ah, Thank God. Now I know why. <laughs> Makes you feel so much better. <laughs> now I don't feel so bad about myself. <laughs> so that's going to tell you where your motivation is. It also rules our masculine energy, right? So we all have the feminine and the masculine. So, so today we'll talk about Venus and Mars because those rule the masculine and the feminine. Um, and we'll see how they're talking to each other and all of that good stuff. Yeah. So. Um, Let's, well, okay. One more question about Venus. Sure. Where Venus is in your chart, that's going to rule relationships, how they end play or, um, you know, play out in your life or it's going to rule money or, or what? Both. So Venus rules, Venus definitely is, um, so if you're, I'm a yoga teacher, so I often use yoga terminology with astrology because it's yoga is like my, my, you know, my second language or something, if you will. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think of Venus as, you know, the goddess with many arms, if you're familiar with the Hindu goddesses. Um, in the Hindu pantheon, Venus would be equivalent to Lakshmi. And so she is the goddess of of love, but she's also the goddess of money. So in one hand, you know, she'll have the rose petals and in another hand, she'll have the gold coins. So you can kind of think of that visual with Venus. Um, she's got both sides. Um, there's another side of Venus, which we'll talk about today, which is she's really like, um, the fierce warrior goddess as well. Um, when she come, when at certain points in the, in her transit. So she really is the goddess of many arms and, uh, many talents. She's a Renaissance woman, if you will. So she definitely rules our love life, but she also rules our relationship with money. Um, Venus rules two signs. She rules Taurus and she rules Libra. Her experience in Libra is much more focused on relationship and partnership. Her experience in Taurus is much more focused on money, wealth, security, luxury. 
um, the finer things in life. Both are very interested in beauty, but in very different ways. I think of Taurus and Earth sign being much more, um, much more grounded and um, uh, earthy, for lack of a better word. And I think of Libra in. Um, I think Venus and Libra, it's it's an air sign. So it's going to be a little more ethereal. It's going to be a little bit more um, mystical in a way. It's going to be a little bit um, more in the ether. It's not necessarily um, here <laughs> on the ground, you know? So mm-hmm. it, she, she manifests in different ways. And just like all women, she has, you know, different ways of showing up. If she's with her loved one or she lover, or she's with her friend, you know, she's going to show up in different ways. Venus also rules our social life. So she's, she's not just ruling one-on-one relationships or romantic relationships. She's also ruling how we interact with other women. Interesting. Um, great. And so these are things that people can look up or, you know, see where their Venus is or also hire you and do a chart. <laughs> <Yes, absolutely. laughs> so, um, Yeah. And I think you mentioned last time that, you know, giving like a general forecast is kind of like going to a group yoga class, whereas like, you know, doing a one-on-one astrology reading is like, um, uh, you know, it's like having a private yoga session and someone's catering to your needs and, you know, poses you like and don't like and all that kind of stuff. So keeping that in mind as we go into the forecast, because I want to talk a little bit about what the cosmos are up to as we move into 2019. Um, But also, you know, for people just to realize that it's going to affect you in different ways, depending on what's going on in your chart. So I just want to have that caveat there. And yes, I love that caveat because (laughs) Because this happens all the time where inevitably, you know, the the astrology does affect the, the collective, but it happens all the time that I post something on Instagram stories like, wow, it's the luckiest day of the year and everyone feels forward motion. And then inevitably someone says, I had the worst day of my life. Mm-hmm. So you know, 99% of people can experience, you know, the, the astrology as one thing and someone can experience it as something else. And it has everything to do with the moment you were born and how the planets in transit are affecting your natal chart. And that's why having the natal chart and understanding the natal chart is so valuable. Right. 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 So let's get into it. Can you share a little bit about what we can expect? Sure. So, oh my goodness, the past six months have been like this past, this most of this year has been a retrograde cluster. So, so we are so excited because we're moving into January and we will literally not have we will be retrograde free until March 5th. Um, so the beginning of the year is going to be great. And I think 2000, now that we're coming to the end of 2018, astrology is always an interesting practice to look forward and then review because what you thought was going to happen never really pans out the way you thought it was, right? right. In life, so as in life, so goes astrology. Um, so it's really, it's very, it's the same. So, you know, 2018 turned out to be a very much, I mean, there was so much retrograde at one point this summer, I think we had seven planets retrograde. So that is a metaphor for the entire year. This year was a lot of review. It was a lot of going in. It was a lot of taking three steps forward and two steps back and feeling like all of the work you were doing wasn't wasn't you weren't get, able to get momentum that's that's how i felt at least and i know a lot of people that i've talked to have felt the same way 
So a retrograde, when a planet's retrograding, that means that, and I, and I obviously know what it means, but I just want to make sure everyone listening. Yeah, of course. It means that it basically, whatever that planet rules kind of gets stagnant a little bit, correct? Yeah. So retrogrades get a bad rap because they do make us, they make, they pull us back a bit, but as any yoga practitioner knows, pulling back, taking yourself out of the situation and having a bird's eye view and an opportunity to see it clearly is a really valuable thing, right? So right. pausing, finding some stillness is always valuable. It gets a little frustrating when you've got seven planets retrograde and it goes on for months and months. So, <laughs> you know, it's a little frustrating to like, you know, not be able to to just get some traction because we're you know, we're human beings, we're creatures that that seek growth and evolution. So when you feel like you're not getting that, it can be very frustrating. So we have had a year that was very much about the internal work of preparing yourself so that you can go out into the world and do what you're going to do this year. And that's what I truly feel. Um, We are now going to be retrograde free, which basically means that all the planets are moving forward um, at a forward, you know, at a, a pretty nice clip. So when planets go retrograde, they appear to be moving backwards from our vantage point on earth. Now everything is forward moving at a nice pace and we're not going to be feeling held back at least for quite a while. So whatever you felt held back in, whether it was love or money or business or family, or you want to move houses or whatever the situation is, you're going to feel things start to pick up now, no matter what, because everything is going to be forward moving. So With that said, if you have been dating someone and you want to go to the next level or you've been wanting to meet someone and you're going on date after date after date and nothing is happening, I think you're going to start to see some reward for all the work you've put in now that we're moving into 2019 and that we're going to have this um, free and clear open uh, astrological time period, if you will. So Venus is now in Scorpio. She was retrograde for quite some time. She retrogrades for 40 days. She is in her fierce goddess mode right now. So she's not, you know, she's definitely in the depths doing the healing work, working on herself, licking her wounds a bit, um, feeling all the emotions. And that's because that's because she's in Scorpio, right? Yes. Um, and so you might not be feeling so comfortable putting yourself out there. Now we do have something saving us, which is the case, which is going to save us all year, which is Jupiter in Sagittarius. So Jupiter's in his home sign of Sag. Sagittarius loves to have fun, loves to go big, loves to be the life of the party. Um, you know, Jupiter is our, it brings our blessings. It's, it's, it's the Santa of the Zodiac. So, um, you know, he's showing up at just the right right time in Sagittarius to really lighten the load of all of this Scorpio energy we've been having. Venus is going to be the last planet in Scorpio after a ton of Scorpio energy the past few months. And I love Scorpios too. My best girlfriends are Scorpios. But when we had so much Scorpio energy, think of it, Scorpio is is water. Um, At some point, it's too much water. (laughs) You know, at some point you want some lightness. Um, water is healing, but you don't want to be always stewing in the, your emotions. At some point you have to get out of the stewing and the emotions and actually take some, and, and be able to take some action, you know? So, 
Um, the sun in Sagittarius and Jupiter in Sagittarius is allowing us to take some action. Scorpio's still um, holding on to Mercury for a couple more days and Venus. But Venus will be out of Scorpio soon, January 7th. And then she will be in Sagittarius. And then she'll be joining Jupiter. And that is going to be a really, really nice time to get out in the world and date. Because there's a few really nice things that are... Um, Venus is going to be having some nice conversations with the other planets. Um, so when she moves into Sagittarius, she'll be, um, conjuncting or, you know, meeting up with, that's when they come together at the same degree on January 22nd, she's going to come together with, with Jupiter. So I think that this is going to bring a lot of luck to those of us that are looking for love. And for those of us that are perhaps, you know, been dating and, and trying to see if this is going to actually pan out or if this is going to go to the next level. Um, January 22nd is definitely a date on the calendar to circle to see what happens. Um, when Venus and Jupiter come together, you're definitely going to have some, some good things, some gifts, some blessings, some abundant experience, you know, and again, Venus is not only love, Venus is also money. So take a note if that's, a business thing that happens or a personal thing that happens because it could also be a matter of where Sagittarius is in your chart. Mm-hmm. So if you have Sagittarius um, ruling your seventh house, which is your house of one-on-one partnerships, that could be a brand new client or that could be, you know, getting engaged, <laughs> you know, and it could be either. So yeah. really um, just, just, just pay attention. I mean, I think one of the coolest things about astrology is that it just uh, encourages us to pay attention to our lives as they unfold, so that we're not just letting the days go by. We really do make the most of them. Um, so that's an exciting day. Um, right before that day of, I have it start as a lucky love day. Um, right before that, um, we're going to have the eclipses. So eclipses come in generally in the summer and in the winter. They come every six months. It's when the sun and the moon, the new moon and the full moon interact with the nodes. The nodes are what we call the nodes of fate, the nodes of the moon. And um, they are, I always use Yogic, astro- yogic terminology to describe them. The South Node is our karma. It's what we brought into this life. It's what we've already mastered. And the North Node is our dharma. It's where we're meant to grow, where we're going. Um, the nodes recently changed. So the North Node is now in Cancer. South Node is in Capricorn. North Node in Cancer is really interesting. And it's, you know, Cancer and Capricorn are cardinal signs. So they're both leaders. Um, Capricorn is much more interested in structure, um, security, money. Capricorn, as you know, for, by being Capricorn. I'm I consider like, Capricorn. Yeah, every time I hear a Capricorn description, I'm like, oh my God, that's me. <laughs> so Capricorn is definitely like the CEO of the Zodiac. Cancer is the mother of the Zodiac. Hmm. So I really, it's interesting. I really think that this North Node in Cancer is about us tending to our own garden, tending to whatever it is that we want to create, whether that's, you know, having a baby, um, whether that's building a business, whether that's, you know, building a house or whatever it is that you're creating in your life that's really 
your, that's really yours. That's for you. Like your individual expression of yourself. That's what I, that I think we're working on this year um, or the next 18 months. Cause she'll be, she'll, the North node will be there for 18 months. Um, so new moon and the full moon interacting with the nodes creates what we call an eclipse. Solar eclipse is going to be the 5th of January. It's a Saturday. And that solar eclipse is going to be in Capricorn. The lunar eclipse is going to be at the full moon. It's going to be a super moon. Um, uh, the moon is going to be in Leo. And that is uh, Martin Luther King Day, which is the 21st, Monday, uh, Monday, January 21st. Eclipses tend to illuminate the parts of our life that we're not looking at. So while this is all forward moving and feels really good, and I don't anticipate these eclipses being too challenging because we had some real challenging ones last summer. If you remember the last time we talked, mm-hmm. I think we were deep in the eclipse mayhem. Yeah. I don't think these are going to feel like that. I don't think they're going to feel like this. I, I do think that they're going to illuminate some places that we have some work to do, especially that solar eclipse on the fifth, because it's going to be in Capricorn. And we are approaching a Saturn-Pluto conjunction in Capricorn that's going to perfect in January 2020. So as a Capricorn, I'm interested to see how this year plays out for you because I think that that's, that's a generational thing. We're all going to look back on that and there's going to be something that we, that we all remember in this time. So this, this eclipse in Capricorn, I think, is going to foreshadow whatever we're going to be working on for the next two years. Um, but it's going to illuminate the thing you have to work on. It's going to illuminate the stuff that you're not looking at right now. Um, and that's what eclipses do. So they're really good. Just like retrogrades, you know, I always, all these things get a bad rap in astrology because people don't want to deal with challenges. But the truth is the challenges are the friction, the catalyst that make us create, that that help us create change in our life. You know, and I always give this example, it's a really mundane example, but very few people just lose weight because they want to lose weight. They lose weight because they're unhappy or they get a bad, um, they get a bad medical, you know, something comes up in their blood test or there's some reason there's a catalyst without a catalyst. We don't really make the change. So these things are catalysts for moving our life forward, even though they feel challenging while we're going through them. Um, so all that said, eclipse stuff is going to get out of the way pretty fast, you know, January 5th and then January 14th, and then we're going to be off to the races and we're really going to be flying for a while. Um, Venus is going to make her way into Sagittarius, as I said, and then after that fateful, um, lovely, or during that time where she's going to be meeting up with Jupiter and creating lots of good vibes, she's also going to be trining Aries and Aries is going to, sorry, not Aries. She's going to be trining Mars, which is going to be an Aries. Um, which I'm really excited about because I'm an Aries and Mars is my ruling planet. So I love when Mars comes to Aries, but so (laughs) Mars is the masculine energy. Venus is the feminine energy. Venus is going to be in Sagittarius. So she's going to be like all about having a good time. You're going to want to go out, put on your party shoes. Like, I don't think making a New Year's resolution for um, not drinking is going to be a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) um, You're going to be, and it's going to be trining, Mars in, in, in his home sign of Aries. So that's going to be really fun and really fiery and probably make for really good sex. So if you're out there and you're dating, you're going to 
experience the passion. And that trine is going to be loosely happening from December 30th through February 1st. So that's a great time to go out there and date. It's a great time to go out and have a good time. It's a great time to experience all the things that make you feel passionate. You know, if you're a person that loves the, loves the arts, like go to museums, go to the theater, go to do, go to do things that, that light you up. Um, you know, and, and don't necessarily, I wouldn't, don't hem yourself in with the, with the New Year's resolutions and all the, all that stuff. Cause you really want to, especially if you're dating, you know, go out and have fun. Cause it's going to be a great time to meet someone that you really, um, have that, that connection with. Um, so interestingly enough, you know, she's going to have that, that rendezvous with Mars for quite some time. Um, and that's going to be a hot time. Um, and then come February, she's going to move into Capricorn. So all of that passion might fizzle out a bit, but what's going to be really great about that is that if you met someone during that Mars, um, Venus trine with all the fire, you're going to see if it's the real deal when Venus goes to Capricorn because Venus and Capricorn is going to be more security minded She's going to be more interested in stability. She's going to be more interested in the real deal because Capricorn is Earth, is Earth, you know? So um, Capricorn is also interested in status. So you might be interested in someone who, you know, has a great job or, you know, is, is deemed important or significant in the community, that kind of thing. Um, so that is something to just keep in mind. Like the person you're attracted to when Venus is in Sag might not be the person that you're attracted to when Venus goes to Capricorn. But I do think that it'll be a great opportunity for us to see if there's something real there. Um, and then she's going to um, head on out of Capricorn and into Aquarius. And that will be March 1st. And then she'll want something really different. She'll want freedom and independence and innovation and, you know, mental stimulation. Um, Aquarius is really interested in all things, um, all things new, all things that are revolutionary. So it's interesting when Venus moves through these signs, we get to see if, you know, our relationship um fits all the bills, you know? So someone that you might have great sex with might not be someone that you want to build a life with. It might not be someone that you want to have a three hour dinner with, <laughs> you know what I mean? They might not be able to stimulate you on an intellectual level. So this will be a good three months to see if the people that you're hanging out with are going to hang for the long run. And I used to always say that when I was dating, I would say I'd have to know someone for a year I'd have to know them for four seasons to know if they were the person because who I am as a person in the summer is not who I am in the winter. Cause I'm a, I'm a winter girl. Mm -hmm. I have like seasonal affective disorder in July, but, um, so I'm like the same way that, <laughs> because of that. I was always like, you know, I need to know if someone for four seasons, cause if they drive me crazy in July, you know, I can't be with them. So, um, in the same way, you need to be with someone for one year in astrology because you're going to see if this person fits all of all the parts of your life, you know, um, all the parts of your of your personality and all the things that you need from a partner. Um, so that's that's Venus's journey. That's pretty much 
her journey. I'm trying to see if there's any other things in my notes that I wanted to share with you guys. Um, you know, we talked a lot about Uranus and Venus and their talking to one another the last time we talked. Um, Uranus was creating a little bit of chaos, as Uranus always does. Mm-hmm. And if you felt like your dating life was a little bit chaotic, if you felt like you couldn't get traction, I think that's going to shift now. Uranus is, it's interesting, the past few months, Venus has been in a cardinal uh cross with the nodes of the moon and Uranus so that those four four were creating cross in the sky and that's loosening up now because Venus is moving so we still have the t-square of Uranus and the nodes which will definitely come into play with the eclipses so if the eclipses kind of take you back emotionally to where you were with the eclipses last summer that's because Uranus is, is still hanging out in that T-square with the nodes. But I, I do think that that's the end of it, and we're going to be moving away from that. So whatever um, whatever hardships you've been experiencing with love and with the Venus, with all the things that Venus rules, will start to loosen up more and more as the months go on. And then come March, I mean, we'll pretty much be off to the races just in time for Mercury to put on the brakes. But don't worry too much about that because Mercury retrograde gets a really bad rap, but um, he lets us, he lets us experience the truth. He allows the truth to come to the surface. So it's always a good time to check in with um, what your truth is and if you're honoring it and if there are parts of your life that you're not looking at clearly, Mercury will bring them out. Um, so I'm not too worried about that Mercury retrograde again. I mean, we're not going to have too much else going right. Re- we're not going to really have anything else going retrograde. So we're going to have a lot of, a lot of forward momentum mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it. Um, this is so fascinating because I, I actually pulled open my, I have an app where I can see all the transits. So it's so fascinating to like hear you talk. I'm like, oh yeah, there's, there's Venus. Cause usually I look at it and I'm like, I think of like that Austin Powers, when he goes like, whoop de doo Basil, what does it all mean? And so <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> yeah. It's cool to um, follow along. Um, just one more thing that I um, just would love to hear you um, talk a little about and what I want to share with um, our with the audience is um, two significant transits. I guess Saturn has been in Capricorn for a while now, so I guess it's not, that's mm-hmm. old news. But Jupiter, you mentioned it earlier, um, but, and I've been looking forward to it because my rising sign is Sagittarius and I've just been all excited about that. But can you share a little bit about what that, um, you know, might mean for people and what, like either on a like world scale or on a personal? Scale? Yeah. So Jupiter and Sagittarius. Yeah. Um, so Jupiter spends 12 months in a sign and he spent the last 12 months last year in Scorpio. So that's kind of another reason that Scorpio was sort of, I mean, we had a lot of Scorpio this fall, but Scorpio did have a, um, you know, a, there was a Scorpio theme to the year because Jupiter does spend 12 months in a sign. Mm-hmm. And I think that meet the Me Too movement was a hundred percent. Um, that came into the consciousness of the collective because 
Jupiter, I mean, not because, because it needed to, but Jupiter in Scorpio really helped it come to the surface because it's, you know, Jupiter in Scorpio, Jupiter is the light. Jupiter is the, the guru, the teacher, the, um, the wisdom. And I don't mean guru or teacher as a person. I mean, the, 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 the wisdom that's all around us, you know? So I'm a Kundalini person. Um, so Kundalini teacher and Kundalini practitioner, and we think of the guru as the wisdom that's available to all of us. It's, it's ever present. So, um, that's really Jupiter to me. So Jupiter took that, that flashlight and, and just open and, you know, just showed us all that stuff under the surface that we weren't looking at in Scorpio. And now Jupiter's in Sagittarius and that's his home sign. So whenever, uh, whenever a planet goes into its home sign, it's happy. Cause it's like, we're happy when we come home. It's like, we get to sleep in our own bed and, you know, have all the food we like and have the coffee we like in the morning. It's just, it's nice to be in your own shower, like all the things, you know? So Jupiter's in its home sign. He's happy and he's comfortable, which means that he can expand and shine brighter because he's where he's meant to be. And that means we all can expand ourselves and shine brighter because as a, you know, we're going to, I think this Jupiter in, in Sag is going to bring a lot of, um, it's going to bring a lot of expansion to whatever you're focusing on at this time. And again, great opportunity to look at your natal chart and see where Sagittarius is and see what house that is and choose to focus on that thing this year. Right? So if you have Sagittarius in your fifth house, you know, great time to focus on, um, romantic love and creativity. If you have Sagittarius ruling your, um, 12th house, great time to work on your spirit, spiritual practice, you know? So, um, that's a really nice thing to look at as well. But I think Jupiter and Sagittarius, it's going to bring good luck for all of us. It's going to bring Sagittarius, the truth seeker. So it's going to illuminate the truth for all of us and allow us to do something about it because that's the glory of the fire signs. They're about action. So Jupiter and Scorpio, it was illuminating all of this stuff below the surface and we were feeling it, but we were feeling stuck in the soup, right? Mm-hmm. Now Jupiter is in Sagittarius. Sagittarius, you know, it's, it's represented by an arrow about like a, the centaur carries the, the arrow and points that arrow upward toward the truth. So we're going to take action. Whatever you learned this past year, you're now going to have an opportunity to take that learning and actually use it and take action in the world. I love that. <laughs> um, and I'm just really excited. I mean, I, I can already feel it. Um, but this I, thing- everyone is so amazing. Like Jupiter went into Sag and I swear every single person told me that they felt better that week. (laughs) It was like, I don't know, three weeks ago now or something, maybe four weeks ago. Um, I have to look, but it was, it was so crazy. It was like, everybody felt better that week. Yeah. Um, There was a day. Yeah. I think I was in Peru when it happened. And like also Mercury then went into retrograde, I guess like a week later and like nothing bad happened with our flights or our buses or like... (laughs) (laughs) you know it's interesting so mercury went retrograde in sagittarius so i think that jupiter was probably really helping us all right because jupiter was close to sagittarius i mean jupiter was close to mercury they're both in sag i don't think that this mercury retrograde was about the mundane so when we think of mercury retrograde we often think about 
oh, back up your phone. And I mean, I think that's partially, I think all of that is true and all of that is valuable, but that's also part of like the pop culture version of Mercury retrograde, right? So Mercury is about communication, but it's not only about your cell phone and your computer. It's about how we communicate with one another as human beings. It's also about our mental energy, our mental faculties. Um, Mercury rules both Gemini and Virgo. Um, Virgo is, you know, the linguist and Gemini is the artist. Like they're both great writers. There's like, you know, there's so many, Mercury rules so much and it's so close to us that it has such a powerful, um, it just, it has such a power over us because it's very close to the earth, right? So it's one of what we call the personal planets, the inner planets. Um, Mercury and Sagittarius, going retrograde in Sagittarius, in my opinion, was very much about speaking your truth. Mm-hmm. All the things that you felt in that time, especially this fall, with all that Scorpio energy, all that stuff that was building up within, all of that stuff that was like percolating and making you feel yucky and not good about whatever it was, whether it was work or relationship or um, your self-confidence or whatever, um, all of that came up and it was like it had to get out. And I, I can't tell you how many people said to me when, um, when Mercury squared Mars, that Mercury retrograde squared Mars, that basically they were just like, it just came out of their mouth. They couldn't control it. They had to speak whatever it was. So I do think that this Mercury retrograde was much more about that beginning of taking action, speaking your truth, moving into it. And now you said it and now you have to back it up with whatever your behaviors are. Mm. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on to the, the show. This was really, I mean, super insightful. I love this stuff and I hope it's insightful and helpful for everyone listening. And it looks like we've got a lot of good luck and good fortune in 2019, which is just super exciting after the year we were just in. Um, so, yes, totally. So before I let you go, um, I know I asked you this before when you are on the show last time, but what's your favorite way to treat yourself? At least these days. Oh, <laughs> I don't even remember what I said last yeah, I don't time. Either, so but like it always changes, you know, like from day to day or week. Hopefully I'll say something, say something else. I'll say something new. I don't know what I said. Gosh, what's my favorite way to treat myself? Well, um, so I'm a big essential oils person, as you know, since you're uh, also an essential oils person. Yes. Um, and so one of my favorite ways to treat myself lately has been doing a really nice long essential oils routine before I go to bed. And I had a really, really insane, but good, like good insane, like so busy November. And the one thing I was just like, I'm not compromising on no matter how tired I am. I am taking, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes before bed to really like take care of myself using my oils and allowing myself to um, settle into that restful state instead of just like conking out, <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. So that's what I'm really committed to right now. Um, and I try to get to restorative yoga at least once a week. Oh, I love that. I think I'm going to go tonight. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. so important, especially yeah. when you're busy, like really like that last week of November, I was so insane. And, um, 
I actually just like canceled on a friend because I was like, I just need to take this restorative yoga class right now before I teach my class. And I was already at the studio. So if you can do that, you know, definitely do that, especially with the holidays. Yeah, totally. I never went to like Yenna Restorative's like, oh no, I got to stretch or like, you know, work out or whatever. And then when I broke my elbow and like literally couldn't do most of yoga because I couldn't do anything on my arms. Um, that was the first time I consistently would go to Yen and restorative like two or three times a week. So it was literally the only yoga I could do. And, and it was just like so amazing. And so now I'm like, make it a consistent part of my practice. Cause it's not just like laying there, <laughs> you know, it's just it's yeah. so important. So important. It's totally um, important. Um, all right. Thank awesome. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this was great. And where can my people, um, find you? I know we put it on the show last time, but just, you know, just for people. Yeah, of course. So I'm on Instagram mainly. That's my main jam. You can find me there. It's my name, Veronica Peretti, P-E-R-R-E-T-T-I. I spell Veronica the same way as Veronica does. <laughs> and, um, it's all one word, no spaces, no dots. And I am on Facebook. Also, you can find me, Veronica Peretti. And um, you can also join my astrology group on Facebook, which is free. It's called Essential Astrology. And that's a free group. And I try to post some sort of planetary horoscope of sorts, at least one, like I, almost every day. I, not every day, almost every day. Um, and I often do a little horoscope on stories as well. So you can. Uh, you know, stories on Instagram rather. So you can stay tuned to both those places for a little bit of uh, daily insight as to what the stars are doing. Yeah. And they can reach out to you on those platforms if they're interested in a chart reading. Correct? Completely. And you can also go to my website, veronicaparetti.com. Okay. Um, and you can contact me there. And I have a couple of, uh, I have a couple of, wait, when is this airing? <laughs> <laughs> the end sure. of December. <laughs> after after yeah, Christmas. so I'm not sure what I'll have available then, but I do. I, I have a couple of openings before the end of the year, and if you January is a great time to get a reading so that you can just uh, really get clear on what you want to accomplish and when. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the coolest things about astrology is um, getting really clear on when you have the planetary push at your back, and that helps. It helps to know when to put your gas on the pedal and when to put your gas, put your, put your foot on the pedal and put your foot on the brake. <laughs> That's what yeah, I have to say. Totally. Awesome. And I'll put all those links in the show notes so everyone can grab those for easy access. And um, yeah, follow, um, follow Veronica. I love her stories. Um, I often like, well, if I see like, you know, it's like a talking head and it's like, six or seven in a row I'm like oh skip 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 but I always listen to Veronica's so um oh thank you <laughs> um all right well thank you so much this was so fascinating and I know it's gonna help lots of people so thank you it's always nice to be here thank you again for having me thanks for listening to the love life connection podcast Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. 
And until next time, remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.